This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hello. I've got footy fever and the only known cure is footy. I'm ready. I'm pumped. I'm yep. ready for everything to start again. If you, if you might want to find a separate device and play Two Tickets to Paradise in the background while we get you through what is the last few days before we get the proper NRL back in our lives. The preseason challenge has come and gone. I've already forgotten who won. It's not important. But what is important, Nick, is that we are recording this on a Sunday afternoon, and this is the last Sunday we are going to have without Rugby League until the NRL finals in about six months' time. Thank God. If I had to go one more weekend without footy, I'd probably jump off a bridge. That was a scary couple of hours. <laughs> anyway, uh, and if you are listening to this, uh, it is the first week of our new schedule. Uh, we explained this on the first show we did coming back, but if you missed that... Um, a little update for you again. Each week, we'll be doing a Monday show wrapping up um, the previous weekend's games and tackling any news that have come out of those past few days as well as doing a couple of um, selected questions by the listeners. And then we will be doing a Friday review show for the Thursday night game as well as previewing all of the weekend's uh, content coming ahead. Um, in this, And if you're wondering where Question Time is going, that is just going to become a Patreon-only um episode every week so if you're a patron you will get three episodes a week every week in addition to uh bonus content as well we just came up with another idea we've put on a random south v broncos game from 2004 and campo suggested that we do a watch along thing uh, and we just tell the people which game it is on the ko mini and that way they can watch along as well and uh feel like they're a part of it I yeah like yeah it'll be so. good just you know bringing things out to the community just, brian, uh, brian fletcher just scored off brian Ashley fletcher Harris just raced Oplo. over Ro- roy Fantastic. bell just jumped on his shoulders in celebration That's it's great it's a real scene. Um, Garth this, from the Hood Wood is involved. This week, question question time will be on the regular feed. We'll put that out on Wednesday. That's Correct. just to give any new listeners a sort of taste for what question time is and all of that. Um, and even though it is becoming Patreon exclusive, we'll still it is have on. Some. It, it is. We'll still have some on the Monday show, and it will be it will be included with the with the smallest Patreon tier, Correct. which is like two bucks a month. So That's if right. you can't afford that, you know. What are we doing here? Don't, don't pour shame anyone, please. But uh, yes, that is patreon.com forward slash Rookies if you want to be involved. Also, an additional thing we'll be doing on every Friday show, we'll be doing What About This Bloke? And we'll talk about a guy, just a random guy from Rugby League Gone Past. And you can nominate a guy to be talked about for a few minutes if yep. you are a patron. One uh, one lucky patron each week will be able to will be selected at random and they will be able to select a player of choice as long as it's a guy. Can't be too famous. Can't too be too obscure. famous. We'll put it. We'll have some parameters that we'll uh, that we'll announce. Greg on this, English. <laughs> yeah. That we'll announce on this Friday show. But that's a new segment that I'm really, really excited. Could about even be because, Roy Bell, because that tweet that says dudes can just hang out and name old sports players and have the best time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's literally. It's literally the thing I enjoy most in the world. Yep. I so I, I'm really that. excited about that one, guys. I think we'll have a lot of fun with it. Yes, we will. And we'll have a lot of fun watching Rugby League this upcoming week. But for now, we've still got a couple more uh, things to predict and talk about. Nick, we've got, um, I think as of the time of we're recording this, I've published 14 of our 17 previews. I think we've got Cowboys, Warriors and Broncos still to be released. But we'll have all those out in the coming days. So, I mean... The, the cut runneth over with Boom Rookies content in the last couple of weeks, but I suppose you all deserve that after going for several months without anything at all. Um, but we will have those coming up for you in addition to this show where we will not only predict our grand finalists, but a bunch of other awards as well. So we may as well start at the top there, Nick. Um, 
it, we did talk about it on both the South and Roosters previews, but uh, your grand final. Um, I'll let you go first. Well, yeah. So the Roosters podcast dropped, I think, yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon. So if you listen to that, you probably already know that I'm tipping the Roosters to win the comp. For that to happen, they have to make the grand final. I'm led to believe. Is that true? Um, that is true. Unless you get some sort of 1909 situation. Well, we can't rule that out. But barring, barring some unforeseen incident, I've got the Roosters beating Penrith in the grand final. 20 years since 2003. And we're doing, we're, doing, we're doing it all again, man. Todd Burns going to be on the sidelines in tears as the Roosters end up winning it all. <laughs> what a sight that would be. I know. But, like, I've got, I've, you know, I've got Souths in the mix as well. Like, that wouldn't shock me if they made it. I, maybe Cronulla can be in that mix too. Maybe there's someone who bolts from the quicksand. But I do think the two real standouts are the Roosters and the Panthers. And I'd be, I'd be surprised if anyone got over the top of them when it really, really counts at the end of the season. Yep. Um, no arguments with the Roosters being there. Penrith, I think. Uh, but I, I, unlike you, I think there are three teams that are clearly better than everybody else. I would throw Souths in that same tier with those two guys. And when it's that close, I'm going to be biased. And I'm going to pick Souths to beat the Roosters in the grand final and for that week to be the worst week of my life. And for every other Roosters or Souths fan... Uh, as well, because none of us want that to happen. The prospect of losing a grand final to them uh, is horrifying. Does the horrifying. prospect of losing the grand final to them terrify you yes. more than the idea of winning the grand final against them delights you? Maybe. it do- like Winning a grand final in general is great, and losing a grand final, like we lost one a year ago, like it didn't hurt that much, but losing one to them would suck, I think, more than winning one in general but not as much as beating them in one mm. so i would go you're really you're really like risking it all it, you really really yeah, are because then it's eternal bragging rights as well it's awful isn't you it? know what i mean and i've heard how you guys carry on about you know like round two games oh mate, or whatever you just, know? Have, you heard of, have you ever heard of the book of feuds <laughs> one day one day we've got to get we've got to like someone's got to leak the book of feuds i've got to i've got to see the depths of the feud between like souths and the titans that Rusty was just cooking up in the lab when him and Holmes Court bought the team. Yeah, let's get out. Let's get our inside man on that job. But yeah, um, that would be nice. Um, so yeah, we've both got the Roosters there. I've got them losing to the Rabbitohs. You've got them beating the Panthers. Uh, just for f- your final four, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna say Penrith are gonna lose a prelim, and and either the Sharks or Melbourne will be the fourth team. I I want what I want is I want the three really good teams in the prelims, and then I want the fourth one to be a team that makes a bit of a run. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a, like, a Raiders, I, a Bulldogs, maybe even a West Tigers. That's it. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that, that's, that's what I would love. I think it's been a couple of years since we had a team really go on like a run through the final series, like a real giant killer yeah. sort of thing. And part of that is because the, the current the current 17 finals, Cowboys? If I, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But you could, you could say the 19 Raiders, but they finished fourth, so they don't even really count. Like, the, the current final system is sort of designed mm. to get the top four into the, into the grand final. And, and, you know, overcoming those odds is really, really difficult. But we are due for someone to knock a few teams off. You know what I mean? I'd love it if, like, seventh or eighth could scrape, a charmed could scrape run. their way in. And I spend that whole week saying, oh, bro, you know what? The Bulldogs could really do it to them. They could. And then they lose by 50. Yeah. You know, oh, that'd be great. I think that'd be a great experience for everyone. What's your favorite one of those runs? Ex- like, obviously excluding 09 para. And I don't... Do, like, West Tigers 05 is great, but they were also a top four team that year as well. So I'm going to say the 04 Cowboys. I was... I, that's the exact one I was going to say too. And that's sort of like forgotten a little bit because mm. 05 happened and West was so great and everyone loved them so much. But the 04 Cows was the first time they made the finals. The Matt team Singh. was the team was bags of fun. Matt Singh was on the wing. He he, he scored he was, a hat trick against the Red Hot Bulldogs in did. week he, one he of the. He came semis. back early from a broken jaw in that game. Jumped over Matt Utah three times 
busted out the old like black yeah, the old head school gear head that he gear. wore yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. And then they have the second week they play Brizzy up. They play Brizzy in Townsville. It was Ten meant nil? to be the yeah. game was meant to be in Sydney. It was meant to be in Sydney, and the Broncos said no. Let's play it in Townsville instead. Still crazy that they agreed to that, but good on them. Unbelievable, yeah, good on them. Um, Gordy's last game, mm-hmm. and the the Cows beat them ten 0 It was the first Cowboys win over the Broncos. Yep. And then they play the Roosters in the prelim. I went to that game, and they the run prelim. them really close. They had that really very close. controversial play right at the end with the offside, the game ending anyway. Brad Fittler's got a sick try to seal yep. the game for the Roosters. Yeah, great game, yes. great run. So I've, you know, because like Matt Bowen's on that team, and everyone loves Matt Bowen. Mm. Matt Singh was great. Ty Williams was great. I always had a real soft spot for Josh Hanno. Yep. He was one of my favorite Always took him in um, virtual NRL. Yeah. Um, so that, that 04 cows are definitely up there. 98 Bulldogs, yep. 100% up there. If something like the 98 Bulldogs happened now, they would be building statues of Corey Hughes. Shout out to my guy, Craig Polamanta. Oh, mate. Game, that's a, that's like, a guy. Now, that's a dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so... Yep, that's our grand finals locked in. Hopefully, we get some sort of fairy tale run to spice things up a little bit. But um, yeah, moving on, we've got our Dally M predictions. Now, I hate the Dally M. I hate the format. I think the whole system is kind of flawed. I think Nico Hines was good last year. I'm not sure he was the best player, and I'm certainly sure he was not the greatest. Did not have the greatest individual season in the history of rugby league, which is what the points tally dictated he had last year. Um, so the Dally M, I don't think, is necessarily going to go to the best player. But I am going to be, I think, a little bit boring here and because I think the Roosters are going to romp through the romp through this season pretty handily and say, James Tedesco. Yeah, see, look, Teddy's the sort of player who can who should always be in Dally M contention. Like, he's the best player in the league. He has been for some time now. I wrote a story about this in the lead-up to the Dally M last year, and it was about the six types of players that win the Dally M, right? So sometimes there's a guy like Tom Trebojevic in 2021 or Jonathan Thurston in 2015 or Jared Hayne in 2009 where it's just obvious that they're the guy, you know, yeah. and they're just always going to win it. When that's not there, there's a couple of different sorts of players who can win it. Like sometimes it's the best player on a bad team who's really good and doesn't have anyone take votes on. Think like think Ben Hunt last yeah. year. Sometimes it's like a new sensation, like a, a younger player who's on a new team or something like that, like Nico Hines Two last year. Shack, even. Um, sometimes it's just a guy like Jack White and who's on a non-Sydney team God, that was funny. and just picks up easy <laughs> votes that way. And then sometimes there's guys who we take for granted because they've been so good for so long that we, we, we sort of go, we grow accustomed to, to how good they are. So I yeah. kind of think Teddy's almost in that latter category where he's so good every week that we've become used to it. We're not, we're not enthralled by it anymore, you know? And it's the same zone that like uh, a lot of those Melbourne guys got into, like Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk and all of them. So if anyone else had a regular James Tedesco season, they'd win the Dally M going away. But I do think, like for for lack of lack of a better term, I think there's a bit of fatigue. I think yep. people yeah, yeah. people want new stuff, right? So in that view, I've got a couple of kind of out there ones, and I want to run them by you. Okay, go on. So best player Lachlan on a- Ilias. <laughs> so best player on a bad team. Right. Yep. So you want it'll have to be on a, a team that's sort of newish, and it'll have to be a player who is really good but won't have that many guys who can take points off him. Yep. So I reckon there's a chance that Matt, someone like Matt Burton, could win the Dallas. Yeah, you I think that's a I mean? good shout. Say he has a he great ticks season. all those boxes. Goals. Popular player with the media. Yep. Great player, the best player on his team, yep. and he's one of those guys like when Jared Hayne was the guy at the Eels when when they win he gets points. Exactly. So I'm thinking there could be a situation like that. 
Another one that's sort of a little bit like that new sensation thing. So like Hines last year is Reese Walsh. Mm. Reese Walsh. I know Spicy. it's out there. No, I, I like know it's it. out there, but you know, um, I think it's a it's an American sports term, uh, post hype sleeper. Yep. That's Reese Walsh. Remember how ballistic everyone was going for Reese Walsh in twenty twenty one? He nearly played State of Origin after six first grade games. That's how much everyone was getting around him. That's how much everyone loved him. It was ridiculous. It was stupid. It shouldn't happen. But mm. it shows how much it, it's a, it's a marker of how much Reese Walsh hype there was. And last year it sort of really went off the boil because he signed with the Broncos. The Warriors were bad. Towards the end of the season, he was on the bench. He wasn't even playing for the Warriors more than five or ten minutes a week. I, I, I think him being back in Brisbane, I think Brisbane will be just good enough to be to be dangerous. And I don't think there's too many guys that can take the votes of him. And he's a very he's a very flashy sort of player. Like yeah. The stuff he does well really stands yeah, out. You go through so, that team and it's like, really only Payne Haas and Adam Reynolds are going to be taking mass exactly, votes away yeah. from Exactly, yeah. And him. like, even if Payne Haas runs at 250 metres, it's still hard for him to get points sometimes. Throws three nice cutout passes and bats his eyelids a little because he's so handsome. He is very then, handsome. I don't know. So I reckon that's a possibility. Like Teddy's always in with a chance. I think he'll be the best player on the best team. So yep. he's well, always well, going to be in the Like I was, I'm not going to be dumb enough to like Latrell just won't play enough games, will he? Like I just think. And then, and again, I think South have this problem where they are so like. Whereas the Roosters are stacked as well, but for for whatever reason, Tedesco I think is capable of rising above that level of stackedness and still getting the votes. I don't think there's one guy on South, not even Latrell, who can do that. I think Cook Walker. Mitchell, Murray are all taking votes off each other. Well, Murray, Murray and Walker and Trell work so well together yeah. in conjunction with one with one another. You know, so when Trell's having a big game, invariably Cody's having a big game too. Mm. Whereas at the Roosters, Teddy Teddy's great, but he's great in a much more singular kind of way. Mm. You know, um, so I, I do think it's unlikely that someone like the Trell would do it, but just yep. because just because there are some factors stacked against him, and like like like. You know, Teddy should always win with a shout. Nathan Cleary, if he plays a full season, will be in with a shout. I think there's two guys out from non-Sydney clubs who could get a little bit of that um, sort of, you know, people don't know the team as well. There's not as much hype, so they take up a lot more of the limelight. Yep. I think Harry Grant yeah. is in with a chance. He finished in the top 10 last year, and that was even with... And he won't have Brandon Smith taking some yeah, of his exactly. time Yeah, exactly. He'll probably be an 80-minute guy this year. I don't, like he was sort of he had a couple of like niggling injuries last year that stopped him from playing every single game. He had to fill in halfback. He had to fill in half at halfback once. If he has a full season at hooker, he's a really big chance. And someone else who I think is a bit of an outside chance is Scott Drinkwater. Mm. It's a little bit little bit the same as Reese Walsh. He's a yeah. really flashy player. The stuff he does well really really stands like Chad's out. Chad's not Chad's not getting points. Dearden might get a few, but yeah, not that many. Yeah. Like, and, you yeah. know, Scott Drinkwater finished fifth in the Daly M yeah. last year. <laughs> Like he he was and and he, that was counting him missing the first five or six games of the season. And, and the way he plays, he's such a boom or bust player, and they don't care about the bust parts when they vote for these things. You can yeah. do eight good things and eight bad things in a game, and the bad things don't matter. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm gonna pick Matt Burton because I want to go someone a little yep. bit out there. I don't want to just pick Tedesco or Cleary or whatever. Even yeah, that's fair. They would if they'd won it, they'd probably deserve it or whatever. But Burton's sort of the one that's that sort of caught my eye, but I really like I really like those guys as well. All those guys I mentioned. Yeah, I think, think any of those guys are great shot. shouts. Um, but it'd be very. I just want someone funny like Jack White to win it again. Um, Who's the funniest possible Daily M winner? Well, the funny, the funniest. The white, po- the white and one, the white and one might never be beat. Okay, the funniest possible one is if someone like Lachlan Elias won it because Souths win twenty games and he's the halfback. But that seems almost impossible. Someone else, Chad Townsend winning it would be very very oh, funny. That'd be great. Um, who Matt Moylan 
be very funny if like something happened to Nico, but they still won a bunch of games. Like he he's a guy that he'd be a contender. Just be getting he'd just be one of those guys that gets votes every week for whatever reason. Um, who else would be funny? Um, oh, I, the, a guy who I'm going to talk about for rookie of the year in a second. But like if the Dolphins win like eight games and Isaiah Katoa plays the full season and he just gets the sympathy three points every time they win the game or gets the sympathy one every time they have a brave loss. That would be very, very That would funny. be very funny. Well, that's a nice segue then mm-hmm. into Rookie of the Year yeah, I, chat. Like, this is always hard. Right? It is. Because we're not, like, we don't know all the kids. No, of course not. All that sort of thing. But Katoa seems like seems, a pretty good candidate. Because it's you look back at guys that have won this award in the past, guys like Chris Sandow, Luke Brooks, it's like you just have to be a halfback at a team playing every week and you're a red hot champ. Like, Lachlan Ellis nearly won it last year, for God's yeah. sake. Like, you just have to be a playmaker as a rookie on a team because it's very hard to be a playmaker as a rookie and play a full season. And if he, and we, I mean, from every understanding we have, he's going to be the starting half in that team and play a lot. So yeah, I think if he plays a full season, it's honestly pretty hard to see a world where he doesn't win it. I'm really, well, I'm, I will push back on you there a little bit because even though like he clearly is really talented and he has a really, he's had a really decorated junior career. When I saw him play in the world cup, the Tonga Mm. last year, he looked, he looked a little bit, out of his depth. And that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's not a problem because he, he is just a kid. He was still doing his HSC during the tournament. So How'd he like, go in his HSC? I don't know. I really want to find out though. Mm. Um, so I, you know, and a, a big preseason can change a lot of things and having Wayne Bennett in there as coach will no doubt make him a better player. But I think, I think it, it, it might not be the crazy fast start that everyone's expecting. You know, there's and there is there is so much expectation and so much hype, and that's a mm. at a new club too. That's a that's a tough thing for a kid like that to carry. There's there's two there's a couple of guys who have already debuted who I think are in with a real shot. Like the current rookie of the year format is you can have played up to five, five games, games right? yeah. in the two preceding years, mm. so you're eligible for two years after your debut. So that's why someone like I think Brendan Piakura up at Brisbane might be a really big chance. So he's some, he's someone that, you know, long-time listeners would have heard Mitch talk about him a lot. Someone the Broncos have really, really high hopes for. They re-signed him on a lot, a lot of money. Um, I think it was the year before last. Canterbury were really, really interested. And Brisbane paid up. They paid up big to keep Piakura. But he's only played the two first-grade games. He played one last year and he played one the year before that. Um, but he's a, a very mobile, very agile edge-back rower. He's got a bit of a rugby union background as well. And I think he's a center in rugby union. So he's got a really good passing game as well. He's someone that I think might not start the year in first grade, but I could see him getting into the team, you know, maybe five or six weeks in, they lose a few games. Kevy's got the shits. He drops Jordan Ricky and starts starting Piyakura. Yep. You know, and if he has, and he's the sort of guy who can, you know, score a try from 40 meters out once he hits a gap. He's really quick. For a back rower as well. The next David Fafita says ABC's Nick Campton. That's right, you, and you can you can take you can take that to the bank because the old David Fafita is coming to Canberra. <laughs> there's two. There's a couple of other guys in that category who played a couple of games last year. Dean Mariner, um, another Bronco. He's a centre. He's someone who could get a could get a run in the team at some stage. For an outside back to win the Daly, uh, to win Rookie of the Year, mm. you've got to score a lot of you've tries. You've got to score a lot you've of. You've got tries. to score a lot of tries. So Dean Mariner could could do that. That same vein of thinking has me has me. Considering that Isaac Thompson mm-hmm. at South might be a chance, and he's a great story because he's actually in his he's in his love an old rookie, love an old rookie. He's twenty five and he played a bit of state cup with the Dragons about five years ago. That's where he sort of got to know Jason Demetriou. Yeah, and all one off season he just, he just quit. He just quit. He didn't want to do it anymore, and he didn't play any footy at all for about three years. Not even local stuff. Had some sort of hard times 
and all that sort of thing, but really got himself together over the last probably 12, 18 months. And now it's looking like he's going to start the season on the wing for Souths. And I think he's someone who could have a really, really big year. Yeah, they're very high on him there. Um, one other guy that um, I, I didn't realize, I forgot he was eligible, but um, uh, Sunia Taruva, he's going to play a lot of first grade at Penrith, you would think, with the injury to Taylor May. And again, could score a lot of tries. If you score a lot of tries, you might win it. Yeah, 100%. I think he'll, I think he'd slot in on that right wing and they'd move yeah. to, or back to the left wing. And Penrith go to their left a lot more than they go to their right, but he'll still be in the team. He'll be on. He'll be high profile because the Panthers are high profile. Say he scores twenty tries or something, which is very very possible. Mm. Then you know he could he could walk in it because like Taylor May, if not for Jeremiah Nano, and Taylor May probably would have walked it in. Yep, last I year, think so. You know, so yeah, I, I'll 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 say Katoa, but yeah, I'll go Piakura. Just to be, just go. just so we're different. The buy of the year. Um, aside from anyone listening to this who goes to patreon.com forward slash rookies and purchases a subscription, which is the real buy of the year. <laughs> um, the buy of the year, Nick, which player that has been bought by a team is going to have the biggest impact? Obviously, the most boring and high-profile answer is Brandon Smith. Would you like to offer an alternative? Well, like talking about Reese Walsh a little bit earlier, I think he'll end up being a sensational mm-hmm. buy for the Broncos. I think I think there's a perception out, uh, there's a perception out there that Reese Walsh is a bit of a... Well, he's what your grandfather would call a good time Charlie, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um, he is a flashy player, you know, and he is very high profile, and you know, he's very clearly a star, and he's very clearly been a star for for a long time. Um, but I I think there's a real toughness there. There's a real bit of ticker there that people underestimate. I know that there's you know clips going around of him getting trucked a little bit at the Warriors and getting thrown around and all that sort of thing and getting run over, but. He always gets in front of people when he's defending, and I think he's the kind of guy who, as he gets more pre-seasons in and gets a little more time to walk in, work on his body and grow into himself, yep. there's a chance he is one of the best fullbacks in the league in the next That's couple of years. very possible. Something that I always I keep thinking about was the last few games of the Warriors' season last year, and they were shit, right? They were <laughs> awful. And they all they wanted to do was have the season end and go home and have a chance to start again with a fresh season in New Zealand. But every time he was on the bench, he was he was like... It was like his boots were on fire. He yep. was he was stalking the sidelines. All he wanted to do was go out there and play. Like there were multiple times. There was a game against the Raiders and the last game against the season at the Titans where Stacey Jones, the interim coach, is up in the coach's box and Reese Walsh is on the walkie-talkie, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Begging, begging, begging to, to go out, back to on, get, yeah, to get yeah. out there and play. Like so, I think he's I think he's got a bit more dog in him than than, than people think. Mm. So, Brand like Brandon Smith is my pick for the buy of the year. It's very very easy, but. I got a, I got a Reece, couple. I got Reese Welsh right up there too. I got a couple of others. Uh, what if I told you there was two co-buys of the year at the same team, in the form of Isaiah Papali'i and Appy Corrissau? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I'm, I'm expecting both of them to just. The problem is, so off. I think um, Corrissau was unsung at Penrith for a lot of the time. I know he ended up playing Origin last year, but like he was very much the unsung hero of that team. Whilst I might think, and people watching and Tigers fans might think he's the buy of the year, he the way he plays, he doesn't necessarily get the praise he deserves in, in wider media circles. Whereas Isaiah Papali'i definitely did get a lot of attention last year, and well, I the think num- the numbers always help that. Don't that's I? true, and he will be just an absolute breath of fresh air on that edge. Um, it's tough to split those two, but I think I'll go with Papali'i just because of the the you, you get the more. It's on. It's on. It's on the screen. You know what I mean. Like the things that a lot of things Coruscant does are a bit harder to pick up just by watching the games. Whereas 
Papali bursting through the line and having twenty line breaks this season yeah. is very. It sounds yeah. it sounds silly given given he's the incumbent New South Wales hooker, mm. but Appy Corrissau is one of those dudes who like once a month or so you'll be having a conversation with someone and you'll go, you know, who's fucking really good. Yeah, Appy Corrissau. He's great. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 not like he's Damien Cook and he's knifing through the defence all the time. Mm. Like what he does is a little is a little bit subtler and it is a little bit harder. To pick up, but I'm expecting a huge year from both of them. I'm expecting a huge year from from all the Tigers buys as well, Bateman and Clemmer mm-hmm. and, yeah. and the whole whole lot. Have you got any picks for like a value buy of the year? Um, a super coach cheapy is that your answer? <laughs> <laughs> shouts to shouts to super coach playbook. Oh jeez, um, you put me on the spot there, but I'm just trying to think of well, a I've couple. I've got a couple of if you. Yeah, want go to. on. Yeah, so I mentioned him on the Parramatta previous show, but Dejan Arcee is someone who really intrigues me as a footballer. Um, he's sort of bounced around a little bit. He started at the Cowboys. He, he had a season at the Warriors last year. He's played 5'8 and fullback and in the halves a little bit. I like him best probably as a half, but I think there's a spot for him in that Parramatta team at left center. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really keen to see him get a run there because he's a big unit. He can, he can, he's quite mobile. Um, he's got good ball skills and he's got a huge boot on him. Like not quite Matt Burton-esque, mm-hmm. but pretty, pretty close. He can put up some absolute screamers. And I like the idea of him... On that Parramatta left edge with Moses and Brown, you know, feeding it out to him. And he's got Sean Lane, who's a really good passer as well. And then Sivo's on the wing and all you got to do is get him half a shot and he'll finish. And I like the idea of having an edge that's packed with that much skill. So I don't think Arcee starts the season in in the Parramatta starting side. He might not even be on the bench, but he's someone who I could definitely see at the end of the year all of us sitting around saying, Jesus Christ, they've just made a killing on Dejan Arcee. Not unlike the way they did yeah. with Isaiah Papali'i. Yeah, uh, another guy, I think... Uh, is it cheating to put any Dolphins guy in here? But Tom Gilbert, I think, is going to be a great buy for them. He really impressed me at the Cowboys. I think he'll be a superstar for them. I think he'll be their best forward. Um, anyone else? Um, well, there's one. The I, I'm going to... You know what? I'm going to appoint him official player of the show. Okay. Joey fucking Chan. Oh, yeah, of course. Joey fucking Chan. Joey fucking Chan. So, Joe Chan... <laughs> Has come over to. Can't believe we mentioned him in the rookie section. Well, he can't win rookie of the oh, year. Oh, can't he? No, he can't. You can't have played more than five Super League games, oh, and he's played about okay. twenty odd. So Joe Chan, he's a back rower. Um, he's just signed with Melbourne for this year. He's about twenty one or twenty two. He's the son of Alex Chan, former Storm legend, former former Storm legend, and hero Alex Chan. Um, and he's been playing for Catalan in France, and I there's been a bit of talk about him and all that, but I've sort of spent the last week really trying to do a bit of a deep dive on him and getting a hold of, of, of as much tape as I couldn't really crunch it. And I really like him, man. I really like, I think he's got all the attributes that Melbourne look for in their back rowers. So like when you think about when Ryan Hoffman was great down there, or when Kev Proctor was great down there, or when Felice Cafusi was great down there. And he, he's got all those attributes. He runs really good lines. He's really light on his feet. He's a big unit, but he hasn't quite grown into his body yet. He's still pretty rangy and he's got good ball skills as well. So, Given the way that Melbourne's forward depth is, and they are a little bit skinny in the middle of the field, I know they've signed Tarek Sims and Eli Katoa. I think Sims is going to miss the first couple of weeks of the year. The calf injury, I think it is. Yeah. I would really, really like to see them go Katoa on one edge. He's another guy who's up there for value. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We talked about that on the Storm preview. I think he's going to be great. But I'd really like to see them give Joey fucking Chan a go... Um, on the other edge. And, you know, I love it. I loved him in rounders. He's great in that. That's true. That's uh, really one other guy I want to mention for value buy, I think my boy, the Oregon Trail for the Sharks is going to be playing a lot of minutes. They need him to be good. Their forward pack is a little bit light. And I thought he had a great season for Parramatta last year. And he's a guy that they got, I think, on a relatively good deal who can come in and make a difference. So I'll say Papali for my buy of the year and Oregon Kafusi for my value buy of Take the year. Take that to the bank. 
And now we move on to my favourite award, Top Try Scorer of the Year. If you say anyone but Alex Johnston, this, okay. this contest is over. Okay, so I know you're going to say Alex Johnston. I put this on the run sheet specifically so you can you could get your Alex Johnston spot in, right? Mm. Alex Johnston is going to score a shitload of tries this year. He always does, right? It's great. It's great. Well, it's not great. But Bungard likes it, and it that's good. It is great. But he's won it three years in a row, right? Sure. Really, really good. Great stuff. That's pretty good. No one's ever won it four times in a row. Had anyone won it three times in a row before Nathan he did? Blacklock had. No, all right. Yeah. So that's the that's the thing. That's the thing. He's it's just, it's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask of any player, any try scorer, even one who's in as good a position as Johnson is to mm. score tries. Four years in a row is a lot. It's a lot. He's 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 due for a due I, for. A I dip. guess, but my pushback on that would be like the first three have already happened, and the year he wasn't there. The guy that played left wing for Souths was Bobby Fortries, who also scored a lot of tries. I know, I know. I'm just saying. But he's... like, just like apart from the fact that it hasn't happened before, like, what is your reason for thinking that that's going to happen? Unless you think he's going to get hurt, which would be well, the no, only no, no, thing no. that I'm I d- think I'm, would stop him. I'm just saying it's he's he's going at a a uh, unprecedented clip that's at the true. moment. And the thing about stuff being unprecedented is it's unprecedented for a reason. You know, like eventually, eventually, at some point. There's probably going to be a slowdown. There's going to be a dip. So yeah, he's a, he's a he's a he's a financer. Like sure, he'll he'll score a th- well, he'll score a heap of tries. Let's let's leave him out of it then and try to come up with some other guys. I like Sione Katoa okay. at Cronulla. Yep. So he only played 16 games last year because he got injured. I think with about two months to go in the regular season. But in those ga- 16 games, he scored 14 tries. It's a lot of tries because he was um that's the edge that Nico Hines likes the most. Mm-hmm. And if Cronulla attack well again this year, and I have no real reason to assume that they won't, I could see Katoa going it along at something close to a try a game. Yep. So if you want someone outside the Alex Johnson vortex, I think Katoa's and, and, I think Katoa's uh, a good uh, shot. I think I think Mulatalo is too. I think either. I think if they do move Toto back to the other side, he's a great shot. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I don't know why. I I th- always just think Toto plays his best footy on the left wing. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. It's like how last year he was having a pretty good season and then he got switched to the left wing when Taylor May got injured and all of a sudden he turned into like a beast again. Yeah. You know? And he's played all he's played his best footy there for New South Wales as well. Like maybe if, if Canterbury really turned it up, Ado Carr could be in with a shot again because they were they were bad last year and he still scored sixteen tries. Imagine if they're just a What about bit last year's trendy pick, Javier Quartes? Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was my pick last year. I don't know. It's a lot of people's pick. If they if they stick him on if they stick him on that left wing on Munster's side, yep. I definitely think can. I definitely think it can happen. You know, any chances either Roosters winger? I guess it's just true because they move the guys around too much. Well, it's, like it's, maybe it's, Tupo. Maybe. Wow, the, it's it's funny. Tupo for someone who's as good as Daniel Tupo is doesn't score that many tries. Well, he relatively he does, but it's not like it's not. AJ it's not prolific season. to yeah, the extent it's, that some it's of these like, other guys. I don't guys think he's are. ever scored twenty. In Not a season, sure. you know? Yeah. So, maybe. It could happen. It could happen. I do think that that Roos's left edge with yeah, him and um, with him and Suoliti, it's going to be bombs away, man. Like, it's they'll, just, they'll just be putting up absolutely everything and those two tall drinks of water will be jumping up there and... Uh, those big pricks. Sucking it down, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. They're all pretty good answers. I don't think... I mean, Jeremiah Nana's not going to be top try scorer. He'll probably score a lot of tries again. But, I mean, what he did last year was pretty... That's unprecedented. Pretty close to it, yeah. yeah. Except David Feeder did it the year 
before. Did he score as many though? <laughs> I think he scored more. No, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he did. I, yeah. I thought Nano broke the record for like the most tries by a forward or something. No, dude, because Beaver Menzies scored well, over no, 20 tries in a season twice. Wasn't he a center when he did that? No, he was a back rower. He was a back rower. Beaver Menzies, there's a, what a player. Too, too high profile to be a guy, but great player. Too profile to be a guy. So Nano had 17. Yeah, right? I, thought, I thought that's what he that's had. That's not the record for a forward. Did Dave anyway. Fafita have more than that? Dave Fafita. In the year of our Lord, 2021, also had 17. Oh, there you go. There you go. And he played... uh, This is great radio. Sorry. Played six less games. Fewer. Sorry, six (laughs) fewer. Um, Yeah. Um, Anyone else that you can think of? I'm just trying to think of like good players on on teams that are going to score a lot. There's always someone unexpected up the top. Yeah. There's always someone that you wouldn't think. We'll look up one, like Michaela Ravalara will have like 18 tries. Yeah, something like, like oh, that. So I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. There'll be, but there will be someone that comes from the clouds and is in the mix yep. for the prestigious Ken Irvine medal. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite moments in recent Twitter history was when Willie Mason tweeted, why don't we name the top try scorer medal after Ken Irvine? His heart was in the right place. It was actually. And that's important. That's true. That's important. <laughs> Get out of Willie if you're listening. I'm a big fan. Um, all right, the comeback player of the year. This is a popular award in American sports. People aren't familiar. It's just, you know, a guy that comes back from some form of adversity to play well. Um, there's not like a strict criteria for comeback player of the year. It can be for like a guy that's coming off an ACL. It can be for like a guy that was like out of the game for personal reasons. It can just be a guy that was kind of shit who started playing well again. <laughs> and that's where I'm going with Sean Johnson. Ooh, I do like that. I do like that. Uh, I I mean, look, I just looked at those photos of him looking jacked, and that was enough. That for was me. enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I I'm almost. Are you going to go with your man Josh Hodgson? Because I think he's possibly a contender as well. I've, I've got him on my short list again because he's looking because he's looking yeah, jacked. Those, but like those pythons. I Jesus. think I think Hodgson will be good. I think Christian Welsh will be really good after he missed nearly all of last year with that knee mm. injury. Tom Trebojevic, if he's healthy, and this was a real award, he'd walk it in. Like if we're being real, he shouldn't be eligible. He shouldn't be eligible. Mm. You know, you shouldn't be. Able well, this to, is our made-up award, so we can able, make him ineligible. You shouldn't be able to win it two years within three years of. Winning you can't come back twice in three years. Tom. That's right. Come on. That's right. Um, Pappenhausen. Well, you don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, because the talk now is that he might not play until like round eight or until, nine. Until yeah, until yeah. we get into the middle part of the season. Then he's still not running at the minute. So. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm actually really worried about Papanasen. I. I don't know what's going to happen there. It's a weird one. It, it could just be smoke and mirrors from them. They could just be not letting on as much as they know. But maybe it is worse than we all thought. Possibly, Who knows? Possibly. But like, um, talked about him a lot on the West Tigers preview. But Stefano Utoikamanu, who sort of lost last year to a few different injuries, um, and didn't play anywhere near his best footy. He's someone I'm expecting a huge year. <laughs> when you said West Tigers, I'm like, he's not going to say Luke Brooks, is he? <laughs> Which I would have been a fan of. I tell you, one to, at one point this year, we've got to have an all Luke Brooks episode. Okay, and just go through the journey, go through every step of the of the journey. We'll probably lose every West Tigers listener we have. Yep. But um, poor old Brooksy, poor old Brooksy. <laughs> he tries, it's, he it, tries it can, his it can best. still happen, mate. He's just got to be unleashed. My pick for comeback player of the year though is Jared Croker. I'm gonna say Sean John. Oh wow. Okay. Is he gonna play first grade? Can you win that from New South Wales Cup? Give <laughs> me New South Wales Cup comeback yeah. player of the year. No, Utoi Kamanu's my actual pick. Okay, good. But I'm saying Croker because he's my guy and I got a standby. I'm going to say Sean Johnson. Um, state of origin. Um, Are you familiar, familiar with this concept? No, tell me about it. Is it something where like mates play against mates? No, 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 no. So it's state against state. Oh, but it's also yeah, mate against. Mate. Oh, so it is. It's both. It's mate, wow. It's both at the same time. That might catch on. <laughs> it's. A, I think it's. I think it's the the plucky little rugby league innovation with a big, big future. Huh. 
All right. Um, Queensland went last year, so I'm just going to say the Blues won it this year. Yeah, it's it's I it's one of my pet peeves is too early Origin talk, but mm. we are previewing every aspect of the season that can possibly be previewed, so we've got to throw it in there. I actually think we could be in for an all-time series this year because Brad Fittler's pretty much coaching for his job, I yep. think. The mad they've scientist. Lost, yeah, they've lost two of the last three series and we're in a very winnable position. And they were both very, very winnable series. So if Fittler loses this one, I think he's gone. It's, it's almost like a, a referendum on the five years that he's had in charge. If, yeah. if he wins this series, then he's... I can't believe I'm saying this. He's probably the second best Blues coach ever in terms of in terms of like Gus is the best clearly. Ah, I thought it was going to be then, Craig Bellamy. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after that, it's actually a pretty a pretty thin crop. I think mm. Freddie will have won. I think Freddie's already won the second most series. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, and I think Gus is the only coach with a better winning percentage. And I think after this year, Freddie might even be the second longest serving Blues coach. That's crazy. I know they change yeah. it up all the time. So he's got a lot on the line. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this one goes. I, I always catch Origin Fever, but normally I only get it a week or two before the game. This year, I might turn into one of those weirdos that's talking about Origin all the time. I, I, I think that if there's one thing about your personality that you could pivot, it's it's having more weird rugby league-related quirks to yeah. add to the quiver. Yeah. yeah. I just sort of add to my yeah. many rugby league perversions. I'll go the Blues 2-1, but yeah. that's a way I'll, I'll say the same thing, which is just because like, Queensland won it last year, and I think, honestly, they've been trading wins the last Bounce few years. Yeah. Um, NRLW, I'm still boycotting because South don't have a team. So. <laughs> Not because you hate women? No, well, both. Well, that too, yeah. yeah. Um, no, look, that, that again is... I mean, well, I'm just very curious to see what happens because... They've expanded the competition. We talked last year about we're being a little bit worried about if they've expanded too quickly. We don't know. Um, when does that start? It starts in July. Okay. And it is 10 teams now. 10 teams, yeah, yes. Which is a lot of teams. Well, it means they've doubled the size of the competition mm. in a two-season span. Yeah. yeah. Remember, it was this time last year that was, was, was only when we went to six teams. Yeah. So it's a lot of growth, really, really, and quickly. a lot of it is still up in the air with the the CBA and all this well, stuff. Like, like we don't know what so the hard teams to are preview and all that sort of thing. all this stuff. We do know that the Knights will have Millie Boyle. So well, if the Knights have Millie Boyle, Tamika Upton, yeah. and Jesse Southwell again, which they probably will, I think they'll be very, very. Difficult. I agree. I think I just need to see the rosters. Yeah, I know. Well, that's it. Like I, I do, but the things that we do know are going to happen. So we prop like the Knights are probably going to have those three back. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Ron Griffiths is going to coach him again. I think he's a really good coach with a really, really big future at both the in both the men's and the women's game, whichever sort of path he wants to go down. Um, but yeah, while we're on while we're on I women's was, footy, I was going to say though, like I just before we move on, uh, I know that the West Tigers was quite strong at New South Wales Premiership level, and so I don't know who's going to be on that team. But if you imagine they get a few, I know that the few of those girls have played for the West Tiger level, like girls like Bovetti Wells, Jess Surges, those kinds of people. I don't know where all those players are going to play this year, but they, they can lend a couple of those star players for that Tigers team. Brett Kamal is a decent coach, I think. Um, they might be a, a young upstart team that, Maybe. that makes some noise. Maybe. We'll see. We're it addicted be, to saying be, good things about West Tigers, we, male we, or female. Well, dude, pre-se- it's a preseason tradition. Yeah. While we're on... While we're on NRLW, I've got to mention this thing that only happened this afternoon. So the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership mm. in New South Wales, so the New South Wales State Comp, kicked off a couple of weeks ago. Today, Cronulla were playing Canterbury. Canterbury were up by two points with about 30 seconds left. Cronulla's on the attack. Matty Studden, former Gillaroos halfback, gets the ball, 20 out, last tackle, kicks a field goal. 
That's incredible. Is there Cronulla, footage of this? Cronulla lose 22-21. Oh. Did was it near the forty? No, no, it oh. was like it was like ten out right <laughs> in front. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's fantastic. Unbelievable. If if you have footage of this happening, I will I will Oh, I need to watch this. I will redirect the Patreon funds to get a hold of it. Uh, according to this, the Forestville Ferrets and the Canley Vale Dragons are the most successful clubs with four premierships each. No love lost there. No, traditional rivals. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, right, I'm going to say the West Tigers then. Fuck it, who cares? I'll go the Knights again. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away, Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. All right, news time. Uh, we mentioned the Knights there at the end of the previous segment, but um, Dom Young, transfer saga playing out. Uh, it was like a month ago where I thought Souths were going to get him. And at that point, I was in favor of the bad teams having their good players hoovered up by the good teams. But now that he might go to the Roosters or the Panthers, I am against it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the rich get richer, don't mm, they? They really do. What's what's funny is um, when, we, when we did our Roosters preview and we were sort of talking about how good the 17 was, when you see it on paper, the only real weakness is that last spot mm. in the back line. And we thought it was going to be Jackson Paulo or Corey Allen or maybe Paul Momorowski, but no, it's going to be Dom Young. Like, they'll get him before the season is out, definitely. And it will just be we, space age. I mean, we read like, yesterday that the Roosters, uh, the Knights, sorry, rejected a player swap for Tilly Tupanua. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, Tupanua was a funny one. I know a lot of Roosters fans really, really don't. They like don't him. like him. Yeah, I, I've always had a little bit of time for him. Um, I do like. Once him Jake Friend retired, a different Rooster edge. had to feel the void of yeah, being yeah, the guy that true. all their fans hate for that's some weird true. reason. I, th- I think the Knights also tried to land Egan Butcher in a swap deal, which He's I would actually quite like for them. But yeah, I, we haven't heard the last of this. I think I think Dom Young will be at the Roosters. If you were asking me later. to bet on what team he's on at the end of this current season, I would say the Roosters. As oh, well. dude, I wouldn't. T- I wouldn't. The bookies wouldn't allow you to place and I, that. Bet. I hope I'm you'd be, wrong. You'd be taking him. You'd be taking one of the cleaners. Mm. But yeah, I know, the the interesting thing here is like he'll go to the Roosters and he'll be really good. Like mm. he's got all the physical tools. He was great at the Knights last year. You saw when he was playing for England how high his ceiling can be. He can be one of the best wingers in the world. What's interesting to me though is that part of the way that the Roosters got him was uh, was sort of saying, look, they were open to the idea of him moving into the centres, which. Like eventually, the Roosters are going to have to make some tough decisions with that backline. And to me, the Dom Young signing and the implication that he might get a run at centre, that could be the final nail for Luke Keary. Because Keary, Keary's still really good, but he is getting older. There is a, the concussion history is a, little, is a little bit troubling. Yeah. And they've got Joe Manu, and eventually Joe Manu is going to have to get closer to the ball. Yep. And with Teddy still... Teddy's still the best player in the game, and they've got to try and fit Joe Suwali in there somewhere as well. I think the plan in the next 18 months will be to move on Kiri and move Manu to 5'8", and then get Dom Young into, None of the, this into is the, fair. the centers. Which, yeah, just describing that makes me incredibly depressed because they'll still be really good. They'll just be good in a slightly different way. So, I don't, dude, life it's, hurts and it's never meant to get better. Look, I, I'm not one of those people that buys into, oh, the Roosters are cheating the salary cap. They're just a very well-managed club that knows how to finagle every last drop out of the resources that are available to them. Players want to go and play there because they're such a professional organization. Players want to win premierships and they can do that at the Roosters. But like, 
what can we do to stop this from happening? Because we've heard some Knights fans who just feel completely futile about this whole situation because it's like, well, they took a chance on this guy that no one had ever heard of. They rolled the dice on him. He turned out to be great. And their compensation for that is going to either be maybe Satuli Tupanua or nothing. And it's like, how do we... like? I understand the salary cap's there to prevent disparity. And it did for a while. But we've just seen, especially in the last like four or five years, the same teams have been pretty damn good for a while now. And I think that those same teams will be pretty damn good again this year. And it's sort of just like, how do the Knights ever get better if they can take a risk on a guy like Dom Young? He can play for them, have a great season, and then just get poached. Well, I, I, I would counter that with why... I, I can't believe I'm saying this. We Why punish a club for the Roosters for being as well-run as they are? Yeah, that's true. Like, I understand that we want to have you know parity and all that, and we want to have a competitive league where everyone can win every week and all that sort of thing, but... The, and I do feel a great deal of sympathy for the, for the Knights fans because this sort of stuff has happened to Canberra before as well, and it absolutely sucks. But the the Knights have to build something that Dom Young couldn't walk away from. Mm. That's the only way to change this. The only way to change this is to is to make it impossible for him to leave Newcastle. And you can do that by like by changing your culture and building a really successful club, or you can do that by tying him up under the under the grandstand at McDonald Jones Stadium. Like both, both fine ways, choices, both ways work. But, but that's that's the thing. I think I think it's it, it shouldn't be how do we. How do we bring the roosters down? It should be how do we get everyone else up to that level? Because it can be done. Like Penrith, for example, went from sort of the kind of place that the Knights are in now, like sort of hovering around, occasionally I make the eight or whatever, and now they're a superpower. Mm. So it, it can be done. And all the ingredients that Newcastle, that Penrith have, and all the things they've put together over the last couple of years, the Knights have all those ingredients. They have all these kids up there. They have a really passionate strong fan base, strong junior league. Base. Yep. One team town, they 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 can they have all the pieces, and they just can't really put them together. I know it's a real so, it's a real sore point for Knights fans that they don't produce a lot of homegrown talent anymore, not like they used to. Mm. And I think I know Dom Young's not exactly homegrown because he's from Ordersfield, mm. but he he did come into the system really young, and they've sort of turned him into a star. It's not homegrown, but it's kind of a little bit. Like it, you know what I mean. So I guess what they've got to do is they've got to, they've got to build something that those young that those young players feel like they've got to be a part of. And how you do that, I, I don't exa- beyond winning games. I know, I, and I it's, don't but know, it sucks but though, right? Because it's like that can start with a guy like Dom Young. He's a young, very very talented player, well liked, got star potential in terms of like being a a guy that people can warm to, and he's just leaving. But you're right because they did let. David Clemmer, who was beloved in that town by fans, leave and a guy who, whatever you think about him, is a leader. Is a leader when he's on the field, and I don't know about off the field as much, but still, still a leadership type. But yeah, I just feel sorry for them. Which, I do too. Which sucks, too. and I don't know. They probably don't want to hear this because uh, pity is worse than hate. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just stinks. And yeah. but but it can it can change. You can, can build these things, and like Souths are a great example. You know what I mean? They went from the worst club in the league by miles and miles and miles, and now it's twenty years later, and they're one of those clubs that gets the benefit of guys saying, "No, I'll take a little bit." It's less true, and it doesn't happen me. overnight. They signed Shane Richardson as their CEO, and I think two thousand and five or four or six around that time, and 
they they immediately improved. You remember they had the Chanel suits and they were yeah. they 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 just it's outside story. Yeah, they had they 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 did a lot of stuff like that that was that was pretty sort of avant garde at the time and. But it took a while. They only made the finals once in that sort of period. They made the finals in 07 um, after getting the wooden spoon in 2006. They made, and then the, that was, I think, in 2006 was when the club got sold. Um, yeah, they set- didn't make it again until 2012. Correct. Yeah. So and it was- to, yeah it, it's, it's the worst thing to say to a fan who's, who's stuck with a shit team is you got to be patient. Because like, God damn it, dude. That like it's 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 like telling someone to calm down when they're it's, angry. It, makes it people, sucks. Just makes people angrier. But, but I think that's the only way that this that's the only way that this can change. Yeah, and the the, the like the, I guess they were probably hoping that Adam O'Brien would be their Michael Maguire type coach, yeah. and it just hasn't really happened yet. Although they did make the finals in his first two seasons, so I don't know. But yeah, Dom Young situation. I would really prefer it if we could at least wait until next year for him to go there because I want to win the comp, and that's going to make that harder to do. But uh, yeah, some other guys that will be moving on, Herbie Farmworth and Tom Flegler, both going to the, that's it, they're called, <laughs> yeah. that's never going to get old, ever. Um, uh, I'm a huge Herbert Farnsworth fan, um, the future armor reference is going to be coming thick and fast when we talk about him in the future. Um, and yeah, uh, I think it's a lot of money for Tom Flegler, I think, if the figures that are being bandied around are to be believed, but he's a decent player. It's, a, Defin- lot, it's a lot of money for both of them. Bert, Bert's, a, Bert's a very rich man now mm. that he's going to go to this Dolphins seal. I think there's a little bit of talk as well that he's going there to play fullback, which sort of tells me by osmosis that they maybe haven't loved what they've seen of Hamiso Taboafito over the offseason. Um, but Bert Farnworth is a great signing for them because he is the, he is the sort of thing where it makes you sit up and take notice, and it's the sort of signing that energizes a fan. It's their biggest sense. signing so far. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I would agree. And you add in Flegler, who is clearly very talented, but is still working a lot of stuff out. He's got to stop getting suspended. It happens all the time. He's just not on the field that much. Um, but when he is playing well, he can do some really good stuff. You know, he's played for Queensland. He's had some really good games for the Broncos. I'm keen to see what Bennett can do with a guy like him who's got raw tool, who's got a lot of the raw tools, and you put him together with Tom Gilbert, and all of a sudden you've got the foundation for a pretty exciting forward pack. Like there's mm. still some steps to be made, and you know there's still a lot of older guys there, but those are I I, I like those two as sort of cornerstones for the next yep. generation. And Farnworth had a really good year for the Broncos last year. I thought he was superb for England in the World Cup. I thought he was absolutely fantastic in that semi final. Against Samoa, um, he was. It's rare that you see like a center try and put the game on his back like that, but mm. I thought he really did. Like that, that, that first try that he scored, he he busts through five blokes in about a ten meter span, and it sounds so cliche, but he scored the try because he he wanted it more, and he just went harder. You know, so I'm a real big, I'm a real fan of his as a player. I don't know how he'll go at fullback, but I'd be excited to to see how it goes. I'd be willing to give it a try. So these are two. These are two of the. First signings from the Dolphins where I'm like, I like both of those moves, you know? And I don't just like, oh, yeah, you know, Jared Wallace, he's all right on his day. Or, yeah, you know, the Bromwiches, I, you know, I love them. I respect them for all the things they've done. These are two, like, energizing signings, which is really good. And I think it's good for the Dolphins. Yep. Um, Mitchell Moses is set to stay with the Paramount Eels and not go home to the West Tigers, which kind of sucks. There's a bit of me that thought it would be romantic if he went home to the Tigers, but that's a great bit of business Parramatta and something they needed to do sooner rather than later. 100%. Like, I've already seen a little bit of, oh, you know, million-dollar player, he's not worth the money. It's like, no, dude. Like, 
there's maybe three halfbacks in the league, two or three, who are better than Mitch Moses. You know, and if you've got someone who can credibly say is a top five halfback, if they're at your club, you keep them. Mm. You keep them till yeah. the wheels fall off because it is just so hard to find a really You're pretty good dumb if you had a good halfback and you let him leave while your premiership window was open. Couldn't be my club. Mm. Well, we, we did move on Aiden Caesar, but you know, <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, um, had to be done. He's a fantastic player. Uh, if he has turned down, I mean, apparently it was slightly more money at the West Tigers if the reports are to be believed. But, I mean, if you're getting $1.2 or $1.4 million a year and the trade-off is a better chance of winning a comp, I think that's not a huge sacrifice financially to make, is it? Well, do you think we've seen the best of him as a player? Or do you think he still has levels? I think reach? he's got a couple... Of, no, I think he's. I don't think he's going to be any better this year than he has been over the last couple of years. But I've been a lot higher on him over the last couple of years than most people have. I think he's been fantastic. And I think really, over that two-year span, I think, apart from Nathan Cleary, I think he's been the best halfback in the comp. So I don't know if he can get any better than that, but I think he can sustain the level that he is at, which is more than enough for Parramatta. You know, I think there's a, there's a tiny bit more in him. I think there's just a little bit extra that he hasn't quite uncovered yet. And if it's going to come out, I actually think it comes out this season because he's someone who I think has done a lot of growing up over the last couple of years on and off the field. Um, and I think he's actually turned into a bit of a leader for, for, for Parramatta. And like all halfbacks have to be leaders, but I think he's someone who's taken on a little bit extra responsibility. And I think that's really coming through in his football and particularly the temperament that he plays his football with. Like, I thought one of, him, one of his most impressive games last year was the prelim against the Cowboys, right? So all the Parramatta players did impressive things in that match. But Mitch Moses, in about the first 50 minutes, was awful. It was really bad. Like, just wasn't his night. Stuff wasn't working. Was no good. In the past, when he'd had a bad 50 minutes, he found it very difficult to then regroup and have a good last 30. It's kind of like his good games were good and his bad games were bad and there weren't a lot that were mixed. But he really dug deep. In that, in that Cowboys game, really found some really quality touches late. And I was just really impressed at like mm. his resilience and his maturity to be able to persevere and push. In previous years, he might have shrunk and sort of let that game pass him yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. So, so. I, I was really impressed by that. And I think, I know, you know, when he was playing for Lebanon, he was playing against a lot of teams that, you know, he's a bit of a class above some of his opponents. But I, I thought he was really impressive there too. I thought he... Um, really found a great balance between his organizing and his running game. And I, I think there's a little bit left in the tank for Moses. I, I think I don't think he's quite hit his ceiling yet. And I think we see it this year. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, one thing I forgot to put on the running sheet, but uh, was in the news yesterday. Um, Angus Crichton's father, Charlie, uh, saying that his son would continue to be absent from the Roosters after being uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder that he's apparently been dealing with for some time. Um, not a lot we can say, but... Worth mentioning and obviously very sad news. Hope Angus gets well soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost didn't put this on the rundown because just like there's a lot of really crazy rumours. There are, which we're not going to talk about, no. but obviously people are, I mean, it is still news at this point now that it's been addressed publicly yeah. by his dad. So yeah, I, yeah, it's just one of those things you just sort of hope that he gets the help and support that he needs. And it sounds like his family and the Roosters are going to are going to give that to him. So I guess that's all you can always that's liked, all you can hope for when someone's in a tough spot. Always like liked old nine fingered Gus, even when he, even when he left the house, always had time for him. So hope he, hope he's, hope, hope he's okay. Work out for him. All right. Uh, Nick, uh, before we get out of here, uh, we'll briefly talk about uh, the opening game of the season because that will happen uh, before the next time we record our weekly show. Um, and that will be, this Thursday night, the Paramount Eagles hosting the Melbourne Storm. And the Melbourne Storm are actually 
short favourites to win that one. Which Parramatta's is got a lot of guys out. Mm. I think there was an article in the Herald today saying that they could be missing 10 players from last year's grand final. Does oh, that include guys who've left? It is Oh, okay. Them, but so still. Like, yeah. And Bungard, 10? Ten's more that's than a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's more than just Ryan Pappenhausen. You count. You, you combine that with Melbourne's unbelievable record in season opener. Oh, they never Craig lose, Bell, do they? They yeah, never yeah. lose the season opener. So if if is Christian Welsh back? Yes, he is. Okay. If Para were, were fully loaded, I would give him a chance. But in this one, man, you gotta just you gotta just take the storm, don't you? Like so many things are uncertain at the start of the season, but storm, storm starting well first, is not one of them. The yeah, the look. Um, That's as certain as things get around this time. So I'm tipping Melbourne. Yeah, I, I, I'll take them too. Um, yeah, no Pappenhausen is big, but they never lose in round one. Uh, they nearly lost round one last year. That was a crazy game in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, taking on Wes. Yeah. How do, how, what happened after that game? I didn't watch any more footy after that. Oh, it's not worth talking not about. Worth talking about, okay. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get out of here. We will be back. Uh, we'll have question time for regular listeners just for this week before it goes Patreon only after this week. And we'll be back on Friday with the preview show for round one. We're back. So close. Footy. Rugby fucking league. Oh, God. I mean, I wasn't one of those desperate men that put on the super rugby on KO over the weekend. But, I thought about it. But I, I can I considered it. Yeah. I, I, I paused. It's so funny, know? dude. Like, you get that like first like week or sometimes two weeks of the season where like a bunch of people you follow on Twitter will like watch be watching the super rugby just because they're so desperate yeah, for footy. Yeah, it just vanishes. <laughs> and they're the like, real, that's the real preseason. Honestly, it is. It really, really is. All right. We will be back later in the week. Say goodbye, Camper. See you guys. And it's goodbye from me.